podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> Liverpool uh, beat Everton by one goal to nil into the Anfield Rap in association with The Athletic. Uh, sign up if you want to. Uh, go to uh, theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap in order to do that and take advantage of reductions that are there. So it is theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap. Uh, we're very pleased to partner with them and to have people come on shows and chat and etc. etc. Uh, but in front of me right now, I've got David Lynch from the Evening Standard. I've got Rob Gutman and I've got Ian Ryan. Um, is that the best ever derby win? I think it might be, Neil. Uh, we, you talked earlier about whether you, you it thought was the, the most laughs I've had at Anfield for ages. That's fair to say. I know you you were in favour of uh, retiring the derby after the Origi derby, uh, but there's gone there's, there's been some tasty little derbies since then. Actually, that that five two is quietly crept into my pantheon of top few derbies but this one's gone straight in like a bullet at number one <laughs> straight in. Now we can retire the derby. Love them to go down. Um, the only way. The only way they get back at us now is if they beat us at Goodison and it matters. But lads, it ain't going to matter. Not really. It's, Dave, I mean, everyone, the team's much trailed and everyone was in different level, levels of of sort of acceptance slash not acceptance. Still you know, yeah, there was a lot of that. loss. Yeah. There was a lot of people who were, who were dispirited by what was being mooted. And then you saw the team and I just thought, it's nine changes. I was thinking it might be 10, it might even be 11. But here we are, this is the team, this is the way in which it's going to be. And then I thought, right, we'll just have a great laugh, get behind them, we'll see them for what they are, some of them. Some of them may well go on to be brilliant players. Some of them, like Shiravella, are oddities in the football pantheon. He's 23 years old. <clears throat> he can read the game brilliantly, but he's not great at Turning around, all the obvious stuff, and then they throw that out. And yes, they ride the luck first half, but even when they're riding the luck first half, they're playing some great stuff. And second half, they just dominate the game. Yeah, I sort of thought in that, that yeah, that opening period, probably Everton were good for 20 minutes, weren't they? Really, sort of had those opportunities that Adrian was a couple of impressive saves and stuff. But but then aside from that, yeah, complete Liverpool domination. We spoke to Chiravella after the match, I think the embargo is 12 on that, so I think I'm all right. You'll be all right, yeah, yeah. Um, and He's, we said to him, you know, were you sort of surprised by how Everton faded after that first 20 where they were they was so, well, I'd say so impressive, obviously they couldn't take, take the chances. And uh, he said, no, not really, um, because we play we play the, we play play the this certain way and we know if we play this way uh, that, that we will make it hard for teams and that's regardless of who's on the pitch. Now that's complete belief and buy into Jurgen Klopp's system and that I think was the, the cornerstone of everything we saw yesterday is once they got that first nervy 20 minutes out of the way, of being like, oh, we are the fringe players, we are these young lads, teenagers. After that, the complete belief in what they were doing and belief that if they did what they were being asked to do, they would they would go on and win. And that basically set the, the basis for them to dominate 70 minutes of the match. It was belief, Ian. I think that's what you got to see. Uh, and the belief for me, it ratchets up after half-time. I think they're still riding the luck a little bit, even when Everton aren't the better side. Uh, after that first 20 minutes, there's still a couple of opportunities but for me, what I saw second half was just an absolute certainty and this is the way we play. This is the way each of us plays. We know the strengths and weaknesses of ourselves, of one another. We're going to compensate for that and we just play the way we play. Yeah, you felt if, if Everton were going to get something out of the game, they had to have taken one of those two or three chances that they had because you could see as the half wore on, Liverpool were growing into the game. Those players, those young lads, suddenly started to feel a little bit more confident. And you have to say, you know, there's there's adversity straight from the start because Milner goes off on seven minutes and he's one of your leaders on the pitch. You know, he's one of your go-to guys. You know, the young lads will be looking at him, Lalana, your Joe Gomez's. So to lose him is a is a huge blow. And I suppose 
from my point personally, I felt we were going to be in for a really tough game. When you start seeing Adrian pull no saves off, you're thinking, Christ, I don't, I don't see a way home for us here. But, but those lads grow into the game magnificently and you can just see the confidence flowing through them all and it turns out to be a really comprehensive performance where I think even Ancelotti after the game says we didn't deserve to win that football match and I think if you'd asked Blues at half time they'd have been saying well we should be two or three up here but as the game wore on Neil there was only one team that looked like they were going to win and that was Liverpool Yeah I, I, it was it was strange actually getting to half time and I, I we, we were watching some of some the in the bowels of the ground some highlights on the TV Neil weren't we at half time and the story was very much of Everton's missed chances, but I, I sort of felt they were out of context, even of the entire first 45 minutes. They were sort of breakaway. I mean, one of the, they have three really, really strong chances. One comes from a free kick, really. I think they're all re- a product of naivety rather than any particular strengths that Everton <clears throat> displayed. The weakest part of that Liverpool setup post seven minutes yesterday was the, the back five, really. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, don't, I mean, in, on paper anyway, I mean, Outside of Joe Gomez, you've got Yasser Larucci making his first steps in the first team. Nico Williams, you know, played a weekend Arsenal side, not proper first team. And, and, and Nat Phillips, who'd only played in the German second division and who was possibly the more, more nervous of the lot. But I suppose he had a right to be because, you know, he, he was up against some of their, their better players in attack. Um, but I thought, I think even though the chances they create are good, I, I think if they got to <clears throat> half-time in front, I think it would have flattered them on the balance of play. Where, where they, I, sp- I think Everton, you know, if you, if you take away the fact that it's a young team against a mature team, there's a certain Ancelotti-ness going on in that game, which is there's very little space for our boys, even though they're actually all, all quite touch-perfect throughout it. Then no one's giving the ball away, but there's very little space to play in their penalty area. When they want to sit deep, they're, they're, they're actually quite, you know, I hate to give them credit for this, but they're quite organised, even though they're playing against 16-year-olds. It feels like they're quite organised. I think mean, they've been playing against um, more mature players. That organisation wouldn't have been enough for them. Uh, but yeah, it was a very strange first half. And the, the second half, the, the second half was just different, a different league. The, the, the drop-off on, on Everton was incredible. The lack of fitness. Is, the one thing I would actually take from if I, I was Ancelotti, reflecting today, was going, ah, I understand. None of them can fucking run. None of them can run. So that's what I'll fix because we'll be a lot better when they can run. I think there's something in that, that second half as it develops, Dave, where it is part of what Rob's saying, but it's also something else we've seen from Liverpool all the way through this season, and especially in the second half of last season, really good half-times. And you get the impression that certain messages might have been reasserted, i.e. you're good enough, you're fine, you're doing all right, you know, it's almost like, I think that that, that... that they get in nil-nil, I think, is the, almost the thing that changes the game because it means it is a half-time where the manager's able to get them, the manager's staff are able to get them and speak to them off the basis of the fact it is still nil-nil, boys. And if you do what you're good at and we've told you, you are going to find your way through this game. Yeah, there was there was enough moments from every player as well in that first half of where they'd done something that was was encouraging. I don't think any player was coming off the pitch with the head down. Even Nat Phillips had sort of recovered from that that shaky start to the game that he's had. There was there was enough to go on there. And then, as we see every half-time, Klopp will drag them in, tell them spaces to play in, tell them what not to do, tell them where Everton are most dangerous. And then from there, you just saw a, a complete performance, just a, a, a domination of that, that, that second half, I thought. I mean, Everton's last shot on target was... 23 about, minutes. Yeah, mm. which is which is crackers, isn't it, against a team of such inexperience, <clears throat> a, a back four that we've already talked about that has, you know, aside from Joe Gomez, one senior appearance between them. That's, you know, it's crazy. And, and the keeper who hasn't even been at the club very long. And um, 
yeah, that I think it was. It, I think what helped them is was getting through that initial period where Everton had done well and got some shots on target in. The worst thing had already almost happened. They got as close to conceding a goal as you can get without conceding a goal. So it was, you know, the fear of that is almost lifted. And then, yeah, from there on, it was just fantastic. The fitness thing's really interesting, Ian, because there's every chance, you know, I think Liverpool are in general fitter than Everton. But this was, I saw Everton against City and he looked shattered. Mm, yeah. And he didn't have a lot, to be fair to Ancelotti, unless he'd have gone as young as Liverpool, he actually doesn't have that many senior players to play with. He, he rests uh, Delph and Davies, who both start at the Etihad because they looked absolutely shattered. He's got to go with Calvert-Lewin because he hasn't got a ton of options. <clears throat> so as I say, he either does what Liverpool do or or he doesn't. And I think it's really interesting. There's like, you know, there's been uh, even Blackburn's manager, Tony Mowbray, pointed out it's five games in 14 days were killing these players uh, after the, after the, their game against Birmingham. I read that quote and I thought it was really interesting that even at that level they're talking about it. But all of that said, Klopp does make the changes and Liverpool do look fresher. And I think that's really, really interesting from someone who was like, don't make nine changes, don't make nine changes. I was like, don't make ten, don't make nine. I was thinking, oh God, this could be awful. And then you'd actually see second half, Liverpool are just first to everything. Yeah, and when you saw Everton's lineup, and we did the Friday show and we kind of felt that they'd have to go pretty similar to what they did at City. But when you watch that City game, you mentioned that the centre mids looked really tired, but but Rick Allison and Calvert Lewin looked tired as well because they're playing most of the games, and that's why I said before, you know, if you felt Everton didn't take those early chances, then Liverpool would grow into game into the game, and those fresh legs would start to would start to tell, and that's what eventually happens. And you know, credit to the manager because. He's obviously took the emotion out of it when he's been looking at this fixture. And we know he doesn't maybe put loads of emphasis on the, on the Cups, but I think a lot of that's down to the fact that you just, you're playing too much football. And I think at some point, you know, this game highlights a couple of things, really. It just highlights the fact that we are just playing too much football. And if you want a quality product, and if you want the FA Cup to be mean something and still to be something, that, then something will have to be done, you know, whether it's scrapping replays or whether we're trying to shuffle the fixtures a little bit. But... It's no kind of coincidence that all the top sides are looking to make changes. You it's know. every side. But they're, Black, they're, as I said before, Blackburn made five changes. Yeah, they're, they're all doing it. And, you know, that's that's got to hurt the competition. So it's all very well people like the BBC or Sky saying, well, the competition's dying. Well, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. And, it, and it's got to, something's got to change. And whether the managers come together collaboratively to try and make it change, I don't know. I think there's something in that. And I think, you know, Klopp being as powerful as he currently seems to be. He's got this voice. Everyone wants to listen to what he's got to say. Guardiola, similar. Maybe they come together and do something, but you feel there's got to be, there's got to be a, a change at some point. Otherwise, this competition, the League Cup as well, will just die on its arse. You know, United, for instance, are playing in the League Cup semi-final on Tuesday, which is just madness. I haven't played on Saturday night. I haven't played on Saturday night. So that, that's madness. I think the other thing it flags as well, and maybe this is something Klopp thinks about in the summer, there's a couple of players, there's a few players in our squad who aren't available enough when he needs them and therefore he's been forced in a way to have to play the kids um, you know there's people like you know, the likes of Lovren and Shaqiri I don't want to start digging people out because Liverpool have won a game of football and that's what we should be talking about but thinking about it moving forward there's probably players there where he may have to make a decision on next year and think well they're squad players for me but they're not available anywhere near enough when I want to use them and I like Shaqiri and I think Lovren is good enough to be someone's fourth choice third choice even come and do a job Shaqiri's a wonderful footballer but if these lads aren't available when you need them that's when you have to start looking to your kids 
I, I think that the squad is the issue with the weakened sides in these competitions and the need to use it rather than the congestion of games. I think if you'd had a full week to Everton, I'm not saying he would have picked exactly that uh, side again, but I think not far off it. Because the problem is in the modern game, since the advent of having six or seven on the bench and three substitutions, which have been the well, last 10, 15 years, uh, and the, the bigger clubs have wanted to have deeper and deeper squads to cater for every eventuality. And that means you have to find games for some lads who aren't getting enough games. And I think you would if you would see even if we even if we change this to a, a, a what a, a 34 game league season some, something like that to ease congestion you'll still see squads getting used like this in the domestic cups I think just to get players games I agree with your, your, your point about uh, players not being available is an important one because the interesting thing there yesterday is Liverpool have got about six out haven't they who would have started that game and actually you know, shows the, the true depth of the squad there you, you, was it Matip Lovren Fabinho Chamberlain would have started and he didn't uh, Keita Shakiri. It's, it's, it's a hell of a side we could have put out if we hadn't had such an injury crisis, I think though that's it speaks of the of the players who step up, Dave. And I want to start sort of talking about a couple of individual performances, and almost start with the more senior of those players. The keeper, whilst Liverpool go on and impress brilliantly in an outfield sense. And whilst I think what you would argue is his best save does just sort of hit him, if we're honest about it, um, he's. He could be at the minute. There's there's an argument around Sergio Romero, maybe, but he at the minute looks like the second the, the best second choice goalkeeper in the country, and he also just looks like like he fits. There was a lot of talking from him. There was a lot of a lot of second half commands. There was a lot of him helping them through the last fifteen minutes. Bit of time wasting. He just at the minute looks like he looks like a goalkeeper of a team of winners. Yeah, it would have been so easy for him to to respond to Nat Phillips having that shaky period to to start going mad and start coming for things he shouldn't have and sort of you know added a little extra layer of panic to that that whole back five but he didn't he's so calm he's sort of better on the ball than I maybe expected to be honest you know he, he didn't massively miss that side of Allison's game when he was when he was taking it and there was quite a lot of moments where Everton were pressing on to him and the back four and he was you know picking the pass out to Joe Gomez to go really wide at centre half and he picked the pass out to him and stuff like that I just thought it was an excellent performance and and obviously yeah the shot stopping is you know speaks for itself there's some some really good saves in there really you know doesn't just save it get, gets it away um, and and you know, could Liverpool ask for more from a backup keeper? He's, I think he's an improvement even on Simon Mignolet, who, in terms of professionalism and, and some of his performances, a backup, you know, was was as good as you thought you would get in that position. But Adrian's been a, an absolute revelation, and he's had some unbelievable experiences since coming to Liverpool already. I think the unbelievable experiences stand him in really, really good stead for this one. And I think one of the things about it is that he. He, he, it's not. This isn't his first start since the League Cup. Uh, the, the, the League Cup first round doesn't even then get that because because we've gone with Kelleher in that. I think it's <clears throat> what stands him. I think really really good stead across the whole of this game, the whole of this experience is the fact that he's he's got to feel like Liverpool's first choice goalkeeper for a period because he has been due to the injury to Allison when he first arrives. Yeah, that's totally fair, and I think that. That Super Cup win as well must have done an awful lot for his confidence because not only does he does he play well in the game, but obviously he gets the, the winning penalty save as well. So I think that automatically just makes things or makes him feel like he's part of it. And that's a big thing. And I think one of the things Klopp's done is, is been able to foster that unity right through the team. And I think you see it after the, after the Arsenal game where I think the League Cup match where... Klopp probably doesn't mind if Liverpool go out that night. I think he's thinking, you know what, I could do without the extra fixtures. He's probably thinking something similar for the FA Cup fourth round. 
But what he will be absolutely delighted about is the unity that flows not only through the first 11, but actually through the squad as well, where it's never say die. It's lads who are willing to, to bail each other out and be there for each other all the time. And I think the performance of Adrian was, was sensational. I think... I don't want to be harsh on Simon Mignolet, but there's a case for saying if he plays in goal, Liverpool don't win that football match. Um, I think Joe Gomez was another one who has come through a few tough times, you'd say, in recent months. I spoke a lot on shows last year about Joe Gomez, and for me, he was the best young centre-half in Europe, and I never wavered on that, even when they had those those tough moments, because you could see the quality there, and you could see it was only a matter of time, and only a matter of him getting a run of games, and you'd see that Joe Gomez of last year, you know, the, the Joe Gomez who at the King Power is at times Bale and Van Dijk out. He's that good that day. And to almost manage that back forward himself when Milner goes off, it's absolute testament to the journey he's been on. When you think about it, Nat Phillips is a couple of months older than Joe Gomez as well. It's a bit mad, really. Is he? Yeah, I think he's born in the March. Phillips and Gomez is May. Um, So they're the same age. And you think, what other centre-halves really are doing what Joe Gomez is doing in world football? I mean, Virgil van Dijk, Probably wasn't doing what Joe Gomes was doing. Seven years old. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't operating that level. He he wasn't playing in those games. This is this is one hell of a football we've got on our hands here. And as as I say, his trajectory is ridiculous. If he stays clear of injury, you are looking at someone who is absolutely Virgil van Dijk levels. There's something about his whole performance, Gomez Rob, which is it's staggering in terms of leadership. When they need to take the play, he goes and deals with Calvert Lewin himself for a period of time. I think he's quite pleased when Calvert Lewin comes to his side. He decides he's not going to put up with a lot of what Calvert Lewin does and deals with it. But then it's also as Liverpool get more and more on top, he's part of coming out and playing and almost having a certain attitude of we can play here, boys. We can play. I can carry it. I can go past you. I think it's a. It's a, it was a. It was a. For me, it was almost a little bit of a coming of age performance. I thought where he looked for all the world like a senior central defender, like the man. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's shown immense character this season. And, you see, and it was sort of in, encapsulated in that game. It's, it's, it's almost like a season in microcosm to a degree. Cause as he comes back into the team, as Ian alluded to, there was, I think, murmurings of criticism. Just oh, People are just so impatient. It's ridiculous, really, expecting him to absolutely hit the ground running. But it's almost hard to see where he goes from here because he's... So on his day now, he's as good as he's as good as perfect as you can want in a centre half. The only thing I I change is you'd you'd sort of slightly expand him in in all directions so that he could, <laughs> so he was a bit a bit taller, a bit broader, a bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so he would literally be Van Dyke then. Um, but it is really hard to see because, and, and I don't think I'm tempting fate by saying you know well maybe he's just one of those who will peak uh, peak early. And he won't peak early. He will get better and better. But it's hard. It's sort of hard to see what that looks like, other than imagining that it must be a brilliant, brilliant thing. There's a lot of centre, a lot of centre, centre defenders this season, last three months especially, and as 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 we got closer and closer to the present day, who struggled with Calvert Lewin. He's a handful. He's difficult to play against. It's not a battle on that side of Dave. I think he is, he is one of the most physical centre forwards in the country. But it isn't just in a Chris Wood way. He can also run you. He's good at channels, and Gomez just. From the from about the twenty fifth minute onwards, Gomez just pretty much has the whole situation boxed off. Well, that's it. It's no wonder that Nat Phillips sort of struggled with him a little bit because he is he's 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 such he's got such a good leap on him as well. He's, yeah, you know, he's so good at winning headers. I think Everton really 
the only thing Everton struggled with after winning those headers was having men going in behind to, to sort of take advantage of it. But the, yeah, every time he moved on to Gomez, he was getting absolutely no change out of him, which he sort of, like Rob says, he, he's not gigantic Joe Gomez. Is no. he? He's not He's not like Virgil van Dijk's stature, which is what you would say is the main difference between the two of them on current form. Mm. Um but but he can get up there. He he can win headers, can't yeah. he? And he and he's as quick as Calvert Lewin as well. So it was just there was no chance he was going to get any change out of him because Joe Gomez can match you in every single way, you know. And he's a better footballer than most centre halves. I thought you saw that particularly in the second half when, as Neil mentioned earlier, sort of he, he was either picking a pass out, you know, cutting through lines first time, really, you know. Lallana was picking up quite a lot of those turning out. Liverpool were on the front foot straight away from having the ball in the back four or. He'd you know drop a shoulder and he'd go through their midfield and he'd pick the pass himself. He's he is a remarkable young footballer and I, I, it's so exciting. I just think you know you just cross your fingers that you can stay fit because that I was slightly worried about him yesterday and particular you know particularly in the context of James Milner going off. They played a lot of football. James Milner's injury shows you exactly why Jurgen Klopp made all those changes because mm. hamstring injuries in particular. Look at Newcastle at the moment. They're so you know you get so many of them after that that sort of workload and you know I was worried about Gomez but you know gladly he came through and, and hopefully he just if he can stay fit to the end of the season Neil's point about the coming of age thing I think is really important because I think it's very easy for footballers just to go into a game like that and just concentrate on their own game and say well I did my bit and I played really well and I couldn't have done any more. But Joe Gomez recognises that Nat Phillips is having a really tough time. He has a really tough 15 20 where Phillips is getting caught under the ball a lot. He just he's getting pulled and dragged all over the place. And you see Gomez at times he's covering both centre half positions and he's even just dropping off five just to make sure if Phillips does get caught and get dragged into something, he's there to sweep up. It's it, it was such a mature performance from Gomez. And I, and I think, you know, this lad now is just going to go on to levels and levels above even where he is currently but I think the thing you're always worried about and where you've got to protect him a little bit it's just the injuries and because Liverpool have got someone like Nico Williams coming through and it's very early in that lad's career but now you think maybe the manager can stop playing Joe Gomez at fullback for instance because I think that's yeah. not I think at times that benefits the centre half because you, you, you learn to appreciate both positions and you see it when Gomez is playing balls into Trent he knows where to play them and I think that's helped them but that journey that part of his development for me is finished now he's an absolute centre half he's a 10 out of 10 centre half on his very, at his very best and therefore you don't really want to see him playing fullback and I think at fullback there's more chance of him getting injured as well yeah. you see that at Burnley for instance Let's play. You're just more exposed. It's the yeah. physical demands you're, you're of the up, position. You're up and you, down. You're more likely to pull a muscle. Yeah. You're coming into contact with other players a lot more. He is a brilliant centre half. We should be treating him like like Virgil Van Dijk. Now you play about centre half, and as I say, if you've got to do a bit of shuffling round, the likes of Nico Williams. It's one game, so it's very, very early on. But he's shown potential that he could maybe do a little bit of a job there if you want to give Trent a rest. We'll come back to Nico. I want to move first through to Lallana. And he was... It's interesting, Lallana. I think he's almost the trajectory of the game uh, where I think first 20, 25, you're looking for a little bit more from him, Rob. Mm. Can, he, can he impress a little bit more? Can he get on the ball a little bit more? And then as Liverpool begin to get on the ball more, he gets on the ball more. And then before you know where you are, by the time we go, he's brilliant, for instance, in the 10 minutes immediately after the goal where he just continually just keeps the ball taking over, looks after it, looks after it, looks after it, because that's what Liverpool need to do at that point. 
Yeah, I mean, we did have to look to Adam Lallana. I mean, you saw when that team was 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 announced, and, and Milner's asked to do a job in a fullback position. It's not as easy and an orthodox fullback position to influence the game. So you are looking to to Adam Lallana to be really the architect of any kind of Liverpool performance. There, I actually think if you go right through the team, the the first team has really step up there from from Gomez as a spine, really Gomez Lallana, and quietly Arigi. Actually, not quietly Arigi does a really really good job as well holding the ball. Adam Lallana is in a very very interesting phase in his career. I think he's heading towards being, is he 32 this year? Something, something yep, like yeah. that. You do wonder, I mean, uh, and we can't contrive the situation, that if you, if you gave him a bedrock of 10 straight <clears throat> games, what kind of footballer we'd have back? We're still only seeing, I think, a fraction of the player, not even that he once was, that, that he could still be. And I can understand the temptation for clubs to, uh, and for him to go, you know what, let's start somewhere else and play every single week. I mean, quite frankly, I think Klopp would keep him at Liverpool for the next two, maybe three years and even talk to him about a coaching role at some stage. He, he, you know, you, you talk about his actual effects uh, effect on the game physically, Neil, but I think, I think psychologically, mentally, I think, he's, I think he's, he's, well, he has been a captain throughout his career. He's a natural leader on that pitch and you can see that. And I think Klopp would, I, I reckon, if you asked him privately, he'd say, I'd love to keep Lalana's personality at this club as long as possible. He's so willing, Dave, all the yeah. way through the game. He's so willing. He looks after all of those lads. He ends up with the armband after Milner goes off and there was, there was no better place to put it, to be honest with you. But he, he, he would have embodied that anyway, but he embodies it almost even more, if you know what I mean. He's so willing all match. I think because he's because of the type of player he is where you don't sort of associate necessarily with physicality and more with his, his quality on the ball and his ability off both feet you don't sort of think of him as a captain but then when he took the mm. armband on it made so much sense and then that for me was a, a, a captain's performance and I, I think arguably his best Liverpool performance in terms of what he provided the way he dragged everyone else with yep. him you know it was in a position in the pitch where Everton should have been a lot stronger than Liverpool and Liverpool dominated in midfield it was you know mm. uh, that's Everton's best in midfield or two of their best that they, they've got in there and you're thinking you know Liverpool were completely dominant in that position and, you know, into the 90th minute and he's still finding a burst to run and close someone down in the way that you see Jordan Henderson do so many times. Um, and, you know, and his quality on the ball, keeping it, showing the knowledge of, of midfield play rather than just being an attacking midfielder that we think he is. You know, you can see why Jurgen Klopp loves him and it, apparently he's, he's got an option in his, his contract to maybe extend for a year, but I do wonder whether the conversation is with Lallana if he, you know, do you want to go and get a payday somewhere? Do you want to go and experience something new maybe? Um, you know, because he's the amount of games he's going to play is, is not going to grow in the next mm, season, is it? No. Um, so I think that'll be the discussion till the end of the season, though. If he could keep him, I'm sure Jurgen Klopp would love to because he's, because of his character's effect on the dressing room and, and performances like that yesterday. It's the very essence of playing your part. Lallana this season, I think almost every single time he's got an opportunity, he can't have asked much more of himself. You know, if you were, if you were doing Lallana's KPIs, Ian, at this yeah. stage of the season, you'd be saying, well, you can't have done much more, lad. Uh, is it 10 out of 10 every job, week? By the way. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, see if you, uh, apply for a team, he'll give it you. <laughs> 10 out of, is it 10 out of 10 every week? No, it's not. That's not possible because of the role he's being given at times. But every single time, he gets the opportunity to be genuinely effective for Liverpool this season he plays his part yeah absolutely and he, he's not perfect I think there are times where you know Dave alludes to it there I think physically he can get a little bit dominated and bullied at times but there's no doubt he's an absolute wonderful footballer um, he's got a lovely touch he's got all the really kind of skills that you want to see it's, he just looks like a good footballer and I think you know when you think of captains you do have an image in your mind of what a captain looks like and sounds like and how he behaves on the pitch. But it's not just about that, is it? It's about actually having the willingness to take the ball inside spaces and be brave on it. And Lallana 
is absolutely that. There was there was no fear yesterday. He was demanding the ball. As I say, there were times when he had maybe one, two players on him, but there was no fear. It didn't phase him. Yeah, give it to me. I'll do it. I'll deal with it. I'll lay it off. I'll move. And it was a it was a brilliant performance. And I think. The other thing the manager will look at with Lana, uh, and the frustration's always been his availability. You know, can you rely on him? Is he going to be there? We talked about it before, you know, with Shakiri, for instance, and one or two others. And recently he has been there, and he does that job against strong Wolves, season and, and, he, and he's, he's doing mm-hmm. well. And you, you start to wonder, is he maybe, are they doing something slightly different with them off the pitch that's that's got him a little bit fitter and a bit more robust? Because that's been the issue for me. It's not about his technical ability and whether he's, he's good at football. He clearly is. Yes, you could say maybe one or two times he's had, you know, certain games where he slowed it down a little bit and it does that play into the current Liverpool uh, in terms of how we play but it's his availability if he can get him fit and firing and available then there's no reason why Klopp would want to keep him around um, Divock finds himself getting his uh, ceremonial game against Everton uh, yeah. he must mm. play all the matches against Everton it's now written into his, <laughs> he's just written into his new deal yes. uh, <laughs> Divock, Everton is it this week boss hello uh, he, yes. doesn't, he doesn't uh, trouble the scorers which is unlike him uh, under, these, under these Evertonian circumstances but he finds himself just being such a pain uh, in the side of them all the way through the match Rob he keeps them very 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 honest I think in that maybe if at times Shirovella and Lallana are holding the ball a little bit too much or something like that the thing that there always was was the idea of trying to release Divock in behind trying to release him after he pins Coleman trying to get him in and around using him in the air lots and lots of that sort of stuff and just saying to basically Everton you can't push up you can't cram this space because if you do Origi will be there yeah, it's it's interesting watching him in these kind of games. The only the other one that springs to mind is the Arsenal five five game, where you, you see more of the real player to an extent because he's a support act when the rest of the time isn't he to to the to the the other front three to the first the first ten around him whenever he plays he feels like he's the support act he's the he's the one lad who wouldn't be there but for an injury or a need to rest someone. He, he seems to take on the mantle of main man in, in these games and, and seems to remember there's, there's a divot where he was the best player in the playground still because he doesn't get that, that to do that very often these days against the best with the best players in the world in the team alongside him. I like the fact that he took responsibility. The one, the best chance he has, which he later transpires, he's offside for, there's a nice piece of divot, which you do not really see that often when, he, when he's playing in, in the Premier League, when he checks inside. He beats his, I don't know which Everton defender he beats three times, but he does. <laughs> And he actually gets an unerring finish away. He's heading into the, the, bottom, the bottom corner and Pickford's little arms actually make it look a better shot than it is. And it's actually it's a good save by Pickford. There's no, there's no getting away from it. Uh, and I think it would have been VAR'd offside, that one. But I noticed that wasn't just that. He had a couple of digs from, <laughs> from outside the box. He was taking responsibility. He was linking well. I think he links... He's, you can see him looking to link with Curtis just before the goal, can't you? I think he's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Can I, you I, call that an assist? I think you can. He, yeah. he, he played he play back <laughs> and forth three times, don't the old two? Yeah, well, yeah, do you know what he created? Curtis is clearly trying to put Origi in, and Origi's movement actually gives Curtis that quarter of a yard which he needs to score the goal of the season <laughs> but yeah. it's still yeah we'll give it an assist um, last little thing I want to do uh, in terms of the more senior players is just very briefly Dave discuss Minamino um, I think he spends the first half 
wondering what on earth is going on uh, and and sort of you know it really did seem to me like yeah. it was the very, it was the very essence of the baptism of fire yeah. uh, firstly where are all the good lads that I thought I'd sign to play with yeah who is Nico Williams and how is he that good and how have I never heard of him um, how old is Pedro Chilavella all of these questions must have been going round his head uh, so yeah, I think he sort of struggles to influence but he looks really tidy and he just looks great when he runs and I know that yeah. sounds like the most basic thing in the world but I could watch him run I just watch him run rather pitch they were, they, yeah it, it, you know qu- quiet and obviously not the headline of it coming out of this game but I thought just enough moments that you could get excited about enough moments that we sort of showed you that he could replicate what we saw when he came to Anfield with Salzburg in a, in a Liverpool shirt you know a nice couple of exchanges with um, Elliot out on that side yeah. I thought was interesting you know sort of recognition of two very good tidy footballers that they both are it's how he trusted Elliot. I love. Yeah. It's like he didn't. If someone, I bet someone told after the matches. You know, he's only sixteen. <laughs> yeah. He just, he was just giving Elliot. Go on, lad. You look good. Yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. No, exactly. I don't know most of these. I didn't yeah. even know most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he did a lot of um, the one thing that he's going to be asked to do when he's playing with the better footballers, which is sort of getting in behind Everton's midfield and running at the back four. There's quite a few. Won a couple of free kicks in that situation. Um, showed nice touches. Nice way to pass. So I think, yeah, quite exciting. And he's got. He's just. In fact, also some of the pressing actually was was interesting yeah. how sort of in tune with that he already is which obviously makes sense given who he played for but it's nice to see and I, I think hopefully it won't be too long until you do see him in the first team because he's he looks like he's not he's not far off being ready I, th- I think he would I thought he was great and I think I've watched there's a little montage of those little YouTube uh, sort of uh, Compilations of his of his bits and wow. good 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 and bad. But, no, yeah, not, cool. Come on, Danny, come on, come on. Excuse me. <laughs> I know we're all a bit giddy this morning, uh, but he he sort of he's he's a fraction of a yard out from where I think he'll be in even a week's time because I think the Austrian season ended within days of us knocking Salzburg out. So I don't think he's although I think he's he's ticked over with training and he's been back to Japan. I think he's probably slightly out of rhythm. So I, I thought we're seeing probably a fraction of the player. We are going to get one for that reason and two because he is playing with players he doesn't know and aren't going to do things as, as naturally and easily. I mean, we, you know, one of the reasons I think Salah and uh, Firmino and Mane play so well together, it's like when they're passing to each other, it's like they're passing to themselves. They know exactly what's going on the whole time. And I think he's that type of football. And when he's in the groove with those sort of players, he will look super sublime. It's quite interesting where he gets picked as well, I think. But not at nine. Yeah. yeah. Because I just think nine, that's yeah. the one position Liverpool, you'd say, don't really have cover for. When Divock comes into that position, you don't really get what you get from Firmino, as good as, as, good as a backup as Origi is. Um, that's the one position they look to strengthen. And Minamino, you know, Neil Jones showed me before the match that we were looking at up to heat maps because we're geeks. And um, he was showing the, the Salzburg game, Firmino's heat map and Minamino's were very similar. So, you know, that looks like it's going to be a real option going well, forward. Well, he has that chance, doesn't he, the head there, which he doesn't quite yes. get enough on, but pleasing to see with the fact that he's in that position in the first place. Yeah. He, he was obviously looking to get in between the two centre-halves and get on the end of it. And you're thinking, is he that kind of player when he first joins, or is he someone who's maybe going to be hanging out the box a little bit more and looking for like little bits to be able to you know, pick up and then fire in? But no, he's making that run in between the two centre-halves. I thought it was a great performance, great debut. I think he's uncannily like Firmino in, in many respects. And that, I mean, we play, when, when we were first linked to that very first day, you go, 
Well, he's Firmino's uh, deputy or interchanger, isn't he? He just is. Well, when we saw him, I think I was with you that night at Anfield, the first time we saw him, Neil, he, I, was, I said he's a number 10. I mean, I, there's, there's a cigarette paper between what and he's a number 10 and a false nine nowadays, I think. But uh, I went, Jesus Christ, what a number 10 he is, that Spanish lad, I said to Neil. And we then had a chance about the fact that he was Japanese. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, bring my glasses to the match. Um, <laughs> But he was, yeah, he was sensational. I, so I, I know we were all slightly surprised that he started exactly there. I don't know why, because that is his position. Mm. Yep. Uh, all right, then. Uh, the next one I'm going to do, we're probably going to do them all, uh, because they're just all fabulous and I love them, um, is uh, the one who doesn't have many games under his belt, but is of indeterminate age, Pedro Chiravella. Um And Dave, it's... He's, I mean... Firstly, that he is still at our club is wild and, and feels like it needs, it does still need some explanation, but no one's ever going to bother explaining it. But the other, one of the other reasons why it's wild is, I, you know, I thought he was excellent at Villa Park uh, mm. in terms of passing through the lines. I think is, you know, of, of, of all the footballers I've ever seen be emphatically cover midfielders for Liverpool. If you asked him to, if you freeze through, if you froze the game and said, Where is everyone? He'd know exactly where everyone is. He reads the game absolutely brilliantly. The key questions just his stature and his, 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 his full phys- range of physical attributes in terms of getting around the pitch. Because that's the only reason I can think why he's not playing top flight football somewhere. Yeah, well, Klopp obviously rates him uh, as, a, as a footballer in the way that you, you speak of there. Um, he said, you know, he said he was one of the best players at Villa Park. He was, he was so impressed with that performance. And Liverpool. Um, turned down a couple of championship loan offers just to make sure that he would be here for this Everton game, which is interesting. And just, now possibly a fourth round game, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I suppose he could fit that in before. But I, I do think, you know, if those loan offers come back in now, there's the, the conversations there to be had about him, him moving on finally. But I think what he's done in the, the game against Villa and, and that game there has shown that, you know, he probably has earned himself a better move than he would have maybe got. You know, I mean, last season he went on loan to Extremadura, didn't he? And um, that didn't, because of a paperwork issue, didn't get to play any games. I think he'll get a better, better move now because it's, you know, you can see his qualities. It's, you know, he's not going to be the most physical footballer ever. He's not got much pace. He's not strong enough. But he, he has got such quality on the ball that I think he'll play at a, a better level and it has shown enough in I, those games to suggest he will. I think the only thing that does for him is... The idea that he maybe needs to play with really good players, if you almost know what I mean. Like yeah. I, one of the things I was sort of, I don't know if it was here or if it was, if it was you, Rob, or whether or not it was mm. someone else I was chatting to. I was like, but you don't see him going to Bournemouth. No. And we sell a lot of players to both, but you don't see quite how he'd work for Bournemouth. And then you sort of go through the Premier League sides, and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't need quite fit in there. Norwich, and it's really maybe not. No, maybe Norwich. Norwich is maybe a good is, is maybe one that you can end up settling because I don't see him, for instance, making sense at Aston Villa. Uh, you know, it's I, know we, th- I know what we said. We said you could see him Bristol City and they, and get promoted with him. That's how he ends up in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, so, and yeah. at the age of 29, and everyone's saying, God, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's the. Con- I, I think it's all very very strange, and it's very strange he's still here, given the fact that he is. There's quite clearly, as I keep saying, a proper footballer there, a proper football brain in a way that's maybe gone a tiny little bit out of fashion. Yeah, I mean, if someone had told you that Chevelle was going to be starting the derby in the FA Cup in 2020, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what have you been on there? Um, but by the way, Liverpool are 19 out of 20 wins. What? So, so, <laughs> so I, I don't know quite what's going on, to be honest. But I mean, fair, generally, fair, fair, I mean, fair play to Lan. I thought he was good. Uh, I think there's times where he, he can be a little bit loose with the ball, but I think, no, he's, he's not playing a lot of football. And I think the physicality thing probably does hold him back a little bit. I'm not sure he. 
he has a future in, in the Premier League, but there's no doubt no, he, he, you feel he could go to one of the other European leagues, Definitely. decent leagues, and, and flourish because he is a nice footballer. He has got a good touch. He can spray a pass. He wins the he, ball he, when, he, when it's in front of him. Yeah, he wins it. He's he, not going to he, necessarily he chase it yeah, down. Yeah, he's not going to turn around, but he will take it under pressure as well and release it, play one twos. So you, you do see him in, a, in, a, in another half decent team in a, in a decent league I'm not sure the Premier League suits them but listen there's loads of lads who've come to the Premier League and found it difficult and they've had to move on and they've still gone and had good careers elsewhere and maybe that's maybe that's his, uh, his next move but there's no doubt he will have known yesterday was a great chance to put himself in the shop window and he's done himself no harm He's he runs the game I mean, the, he, yeah. he apps, and the second half especially, he runs the game, him and Lallana oh. run the show. Seriously, I'm trying to remember when I first... He's definitely appears for Liverpool is on the scene under Rodgers, isn't he? He's uh, definitely he's around. He's still 22, isn't he? No, he plays. He plays. Um, he gets a game. He gets a game against Swansea in the 15-16 season when we're making a lot of changes when we've got the Europa League run. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I was watching... I'm just trying to think when I actually watched him in the in the under-23s. Oh, right, yeah, he may well have played whilst Rodgers was Liverpool. Yeah. Still 22, Neil? Uh, he is... Uh, he's 22, he's 23 in May. I could... I could see him I don't see why he couldn't get a game in Syria maybe or yeah bottom half side there and then hold his own um, you know as you said a, a league with a, a touch more time than ours on a, a bit more time on the ball I think I think he could really excel. I don't mean he can't turn around but he can see the game in front of him really really well he's you know the, the, there is there are two words ringing around in my head which I wouldn't want Shiravella to hear and, and to go and research Kev Stewart right because we once did shows where we talked about Kevin this way I kind of think well maybe we did I mean I, I vaguely remember I that I don't think you'd ever Not thought quite Kev as quite, Pedro. don't you ever thought Kev was quite quite at the range that no. he's got in terms, no, of, no, in terms no. of pass I think with Kev, with Kev Stewart you could see someone who, who, who could well maybe make it in terms of being a more sort of I'm trying to think Philip Billing style holding midfielder in the Premier League. Whereas I think you're looking at you're, different kinds of footballers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that the thing up the thing about yeah. him is the silk. The thing about him is mm. the reading of the game and the silk. That's what I can't. Yes. You know, and every single time I see him, I'm always I am always like, there goes a proper footballer. That is what one of them looks like. I think he's recruited under would it, the tail end of Rodolfo Burrell era. What would it would he have been? I yeah, think so because he came from Valencia in 2013. Yeah, and there was even a link when he was when he was about 18, like that Real, Real Madrid fan him or something like that. I don't quite know where to do what. But well, yeah, I mean, it's a sh look. He hasn't got a long-term future at Liverpool, so it's a curious one. As you said, do you let him go now, or do you do you give him this fourth round, some sort of last round? But then the problem is, by the time the fourth round comes along, a number of people could be back. You know, it could be you could need minutes in the like. Fabinho might need the game. Yeah. It's quite possible. So, no, yeah, really you probably got to let him go. That is fair. Uh, okay, then going on to the proper youngsters, the young youngsters, uh, Nico Williams, Dave, Ian before practically picking him for Man United. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there is something about him though where you know it's it is a minor problem covering Trent. Uh, it's always going to be a problem covering Trent, and I think it's really important that one way or another we all make our peace with that reality that you don't just cover Trent Alexander Arnold at right back. You'll all you'll always end up saying can we get someone else and then the reality will be really really tricky Nico Williams has done himself absolutely no harm at all in terms of maybe getting one or two league games before the season's over yeah I, I wrote in my post-match piece that, that it sort of gives because of Trent's unique sort of interpretation of what being a right back is it's given Jurgen Klopp a bit of a headache every time he's he's out with injury or, or whatever and just needs a rest and that's why he's he's in, you know he tried the Joe Gomez thing and realized pretty quickly that you need. I need more for my right back in this system because I've become so reliant on Trent there. So, and then obviously we've seen a midfielder go there in, in James Milner. But I think I think Nico Williams because he's been 
he's been coming through in the academy at the time that this conversation has been going on. He's realised what is needed from a from a right back in this Liverpool system, and that's why he's so good at crossing the ball. I mean, he, he has had that, had that in I've seen from in uh, academy games from a young age. So he's always had that in his locker, but he just seems to be. You know he's got that capability to deliver at first team level. He doesn't seem scared, and his stuff on the other side of the ball was just absolutely fantastic. I thought, you know, getting back in on the cover, there's mm. a chance where the ball's coming on from the other side, and Richarlison looks like he's about to get in, and Nico Williams pops in from nowhere on the cover and gets across. He was so so determined. You know, his work rate's right up there. He's he's fit enough to play that role, and I do think, you know, as you're getting towards the end of the season, and if Liverpool say progressing there in the Champions League and it's you've got you know Champions League Premier League Champions League uh, towards the latter stages if they get past Atletico I think Nico Williams is going to be close I think if I'm Nico I've maybe got there's the fourth round of the cup and maybe I've got a big red pen around Southampton at home on the 1st of February because Liverpool will have West Ham mm. uh, on the uh, on the on the, on the Wednesday night and I may be just maybe thinking I'd love to be I'd love to be in the meg specs for that because he's been on benches recently yeah he has and you're almost at the point where you're thinking mm, maybe maybe just there's a, there's a there's a go on moment there for the manager where he may just consider dropping him in possibly so it's an outstanding performance really because to do what he, I mean, even from a mentality point of view, to be thrust into a Merseyside derby with all the pressure, it's on the telly, and to go and deliver a performance like that, I thought it was it was outstanding from the lad, to be honest. And I think Dave's point is is totally right about not only is he good going forward, but he looks very very switched on from a defensive point of view. Um, he is on the cover a number of times to help Liverpool out, especially second half. And when you maybe compare him. With say Larucci on the left hand side, who, who comes in in tough circumstances and has a good game, Larucci's probably not quite as switched on defensively this time. When he's like, you know, the furthest man forward, thinking, "Fucking hell, lad, you could do it getting back in a minute." But Nico's not like that. He looks a little bit more advanced in terms of his journey, um, and I think he, he has to be a, a, an option now. And it's always hard to judge a player off one or two games because. You know, they are young players, so they will have drops in, in form, dips in confidence, things will go against them and they'll have tough patches. But but at the minute, you know, he, he's riding a bit of a crest of a wave, I suppose. So there's an opportunity, I think, to drop him in because of the fourth round now as well. You're going to have that that tough schedule again where all of a sudden you've got, is it West Ham, Wolves, fourth round, all grouped within about six or seven days. So I think there's absolutely opportunities for the kid. I think there's a vacancy and I think he's head of the queue for the right back spot at Liverpool because Trent Alexander isn't a right back. He plays the Trent Alexander role. I think we will come to see that. And I actually think it will evolve. There will be, there will be, let's not, not have the, 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 the right back midfield debate, but there will be a, a point in his development with Trent where he goes, you're going to play 10 yards further forward. You normally call it midfield. And I think that, will, that or there'll be games where he can't play and you can never replace him. You, you can't unless we sign Kevin De Bruyne and ask him to play right back. We're not going to replace him. So you either have a, so you have to have a system where you, where there are games where you play a right back, albeit a good attacking one. And to me, the, the kid is, is a front line in the queue for that. He's, well, he's 18 now. So he's got time on his hands to develop and just as you say, pick a game. He's stylistically here. got more in common with Robertson, which I think is yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the idea of the classic fullback who gets up and down and does yeah. the business, and mm-hmm. that's where, you know, at times he was like, aggressive with the ball at his feet rather yeah. than with his passing in the way and, the trend and is. Also, yeah. almost like the scamper and run as well, you know, you know the sort of the, 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 the Jack Russell sort of style run of mm. scampering around, chasing the ball. And I think it's really interesting. I agree with you, Rob. He looks like a right back. He doesn't look like a football genius, but looking like a really good right back is absolutely fine. Yeah, he's also got something neither Trent or Robertson have, although they can, is 
I know I've noticed in the, in the few games I've watched him sorry academy like he likes to dig I mean I know Trent can hit a ball but uh, it's actually from that position it's not Trent's instinct to go looking to have shots actually obviously a couple of goals recently but uh, Nico looks to to actually hit well he reminds me a bit of Phil Neal-esque in that sense in that he wants to look up and, and, and hit one from range and he, I think he hit one or two from range yesterday yeah he had a goal he did yeah. um, hopefully we'll get that out of him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know if, if, if you can strike it it's well it's, it's, it, I mean it's good you've managed to hit upon a weakness we to to you're, you're, you're Achilles I know Klopp actually but Klopp encourages this thing, I know I know. They all say but I, do, I also think that the other reason why I think I genuinely think Liverpool were encouraged to shoot from range yesterday because of who Everton's goalkeeper is and it's worth bearing that in mind yeah that's true by the way next time you do get Klopp in a room Neil I actually want you to ask him about this the shots thing because he don't well you know he taught me through it Jürgen because I don't like shots will you do that for me I'll have a little chat with him uh, okay. and we'll have a chat about shots I reckon, I reckon Jürgen would say Neil you're mostly right but there's some of them <laughs> but you? there's some of them I like <laughs> to see shooting so he likes he likes for instance Oxlade Chamberlain I think I think basically yeah, I think, I, think I think Klopp gives them a pass I think two or three of them have got a bit more of a pass certainly than I give them but you know me and Jürgen aren't going to agree on everything well, no you're not no, uh, it's bound to be differences between between two men at your level. Yes, there very much is. Um, <laughs> um, moving, moving right the way forward, we'll, uh, relatively quickly, Nat Phillips has a bit of a sticky start. I think it's testament to Dave that he settles, to be honest with you. I think he's helped by a lot of the people around him, but he does settle in a little bit. And, you know, again, he's another footballer who is, who is older than we think. He's, he's, he finds himself at, at 22. You know, I think he's probably going to be at Liverpool for all of January. He wasn't getting as many games as he might like at Stuttgart as well, but I do wonder whether or not there will be another move on the horizon for him before the 31st. Yeah, I sort of thought from what we'd seen of him in pre-season, I was sort of surprised when he made the move to Stuttgart just because I thought I just thought he would get a better loan move than the German second division, to be honest, just mm. from what we'd seen of him. But then you see the first 20 minutes yesterday and I was like, ah, maybe that's why. But then mm. what an incredible recovery um, to, to, you know, to put that first 20 in where he's, you know, he's losing the ball in the air and, and getting beaten to a lot by Calvert-Lewin, but then to, to recover. And it wasn't just the, the, the uh, defending side of the game that I saw he... He recovered on it. I also thought he he followed Gomez in terms of firing those passes into midfield a lot more confidently yep. in the second half. And I thought that you know the fact that both of them were doing it made a real difference to Liverpool's play. So yeah, showed showed a lot of, of mental strength to, to bounce back from a difficult start. And it, you know that's what this squad's got in abundance. The fact that you can recall someone from from a loan spell, have him in for a week, and then he you know he does what he does in that game. I just think that's you know. I've, what a fantastic coach Klopp is to to be able to sort of instill it in him like that. The other one who comes in um, and has to react to the situation in front of him really is Larucci, mm. Ian. And I think, again, for sheer willingness, but also full commitment to the plan. You know, he, he doesn't even think he's starting the game. He ends up basically effectively getting the full 90, yeah. if we're honest about it. But his full commitment to the plan there is 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 bang on. I think it's again if you want to talk about the coaching, the mentality, being ready, knowing your role, all of that you see from Larucci, even when it, it's it's in in little places, a tiny little bit sloppy. Yeah, and I think you'd have to argue he probably had the toughest job because the other lads will have mentally prepared to play. And Larucci's probably looking and thinking, well, James Mill never gets injured. There's no way he's coming off. He's indestructible. So I'm not getting any minute, any minutes today at all to suddenly find himself thrust into that. And it it wasn't a great start by Liverpool. You know, Everton looked like the side that were, were on top. So it's really tough for him. And I've said it before, you know, I think he's he's got a slightly different game to say Nico Williams at the minute. I think Nico was definitely more advanced. Larucci's first thought very much feels like get down the line and, and, and try and create a little bit of havoc in their final third. And maybe he's not quite as switched on defensively in terms of getting back into his position. But that's 
that could come. I mean, he was he 18, is he, Dave LaRucci yeah, as well? Yeah, he's young. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's loads and loads of time to work with this kid. He looks another prospect, to be honest. Again, it's 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 difficult to to know what his, his trajectory is and, and, and whether he's going to be a, a Liverpool player. Um, but I he, think it's he high certainly, hopes for me, you know. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and I think, he, I, I think he, he, he did himself no harm yesterday, Rob. I think on the Nat Phillips thing, I mean, he wouldn't want to be too hard on the lad, but whenever I've seen him before, and I've seen him a few times, he's never looked like he's this level. And the no. fact that he's nearly 23 would say to me, if he was going to make it, certainly at a club like Liverpool, he'd have done so by now. And I think reports that I've heard from Germany have said he's done okay at Stuttgart, but he's certainly not kind of blown anyone away. So I think he's maybe one who they've just brought back for this game, let him go back out on loan again, and he can kind of start his, his journey from there. But... Well, Larici didn't do himself any harm. Uh, there's, there's a thing about that, folks. You think about bringing him back, and there's sort of commonality between his position and Chiravella's, and they're, they're similar sort of ages. And the way Klopp sort of views, or it's, it's almost thought as this egalitarian thing: if all footballers have potential, you just need to work with them. It's almost it's almost that approach. You can call him that Phillips, but you're coming back because you're a centre half. But I've not played at any level, boss. Doesn't matter. You play you when you play with us, you will play at our level. And Shirovella, it's almost it fits in like it all. It seems can't be an accident. It always works like this. It's, I was thinking last night about um, sort of reminded me of, of Makeda for United coming in for that one game yeah. and, and breaking Liverpool hearts by scoring. Yeah. You know, he never ended up playing at, at United's level or even close to it. But because they had a manager and, and a system that had been in there for years and everyone believed in the system and everyone believed that United were going to score late on, Fred, Federico McKay comes on for his one appearance, gets the ball in a, a dangerous area, turns and kills one into the far corner. And it, it's no shock that Liverpool are now putting in players who, who aren't going to probably have careers at Liverpool. They were able to throw them in and they can do good things because everyone believes in what is happening in the first team and, and that has filtered down to these players below that. And, you know, you've got a system there that's just set up for everyone to, to buy into and they, they have done. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think, I mean, we were talking about LaRucci. I think LaRucci is a really interesting one. I think they buy him in. He's one of the, the, the new policy of buying in talented ones from other academies and poaching them or picking them up early. Um, and they, they very much went with him in pre-season, didn't they? He was getting games from the off there. He's... You know, he reminds me of, and this is going to sound like really damning with faint praise, he reminds me of the good version of Moreno in as much as he's got a, he can beat his man, he's, he's a lot of energy and actually a lot of pace about him, I think. But uh, whether he's got the quality on his passing or crossing, which we need from a fullback, that I've not yet seen. Although if you've watched him at <laughs> academy level, he's got a shot on him like yeah. you wouldn't believe. And and he's very skillful. I think he starts his career as a winger, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when they bring him in from the half, he's a winger and, and they've sort of moved him back in the last season and a half or so. And it, I think left-back's going to be his position if he does if he does do anything at Liverpool because he, he does seem well-suited to him. And he's got loads of energy, loads of pace. I thought he was... He wasn't as perfect as Nico in terms of his defensive being switched on, but I thought that I was quite encouraged by some of the defending he did have to do, mm. because especially because that side was more dangerous for yeah. Everton. Mm. They always had the pace down that side and he always matched it up, always got to the ball. And the the goal actually comes from him doing an Andy Robertson-style press on, on Pickford. He ends up booming the ball into the air, Liverpool get the possession <laughs> and that's when they score. So, you know, he's got he's got the tools to do it. And he, again, he's one who's buying into the system and, and knows what his job is. OK, let's get to the fun bit. Uh, must be nice waking up being Curtis Jones this morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, in general, he was good. And I think that this is a really important thing. He looks after the ball beautifully. It's a great touch. Doesn't even need to look at it when it's at his feet. He's got his head's up all the time. All of that was going on. And then he does that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's a it's a, it's an unbelievable finish, and I think some people think it's a 
a mistake by the goalie, um, and he should do better. I'm not, I'm, I'm not having that. I, 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 he makes I, no mistake other than having his arms not being long. Yeah, I think that's been he, he, got a, he got a lot. <laughs> once or twice. He, he got a lot of criticism, um, Pickford, off, off, certainly off Blues as well as Reds, for just not doing better with it. But when you see how high the shot goes yeah. before yeah. it kind of comes in off the underside of the bar and they are the best goals by the way aren't yeah, they? They anything are. that hits mm-hmm. the bar and then kind of bounces down and hits the top of the net is an unbelievable goal I couldn't get over his, his interview at the end I mean the absolute confidence of the lad where you know, Liverpool are 19 out of 20 games he's like why am I not starting he's basically <laughs> saying I should be fucking I, I I'm frustrated to hell here. I'm, not, I'm not getting picked like, lad, we're alright well, right, you know, you know we're, we're a pretty good team it's not easy for 18 year old lad to get a start in this Liverpool he, team you notice he's not well when he gives that interview he's got a cold he's like us on a Monday morning but he's <laughs> coming and putting that shift in and scored that goal yeah I mean he's um, fair play to the lad and I think someone said as well he's maybe managing a, a stutter as well and stuff and I think the mentality just to be able to go and do that interview must be incredibly difficult when you've got something like that and to go and do what he did yesterday I think throughout the game he was he was outstanding to be honest and we talk about Lallana wanting to receive the ball Curtis Jones was acting it's... way above his years where he's just like give it to me I'll deal with it I'll do it um, I, I, I've honestly like there's some footballers who very much do have that about them and at all levels we've all played with lads like that I'm staggered by the extent Curtis Jones wants the ball <laughs> he wants the ball more than I think any player I've ever seen. Why aren't you passing me the ball? Why aren't you passing me the ball now? Why didn't you pass me the ball two minutes ago? When will you be passing me the ball? It's just the way he plays the whole game all the time. But it's like he's he's playing it just in the park with his mates. That's, that's how it's almost how he's... And you do find that with talented youngsters because they don't actually see any difference between going from kids games, playing with the mates, to suddenly they just play the same way. It's all off the cuff. It's, fl- it's just... It was brilliant to see and as I say... I thought he was he was absolutely outstanding, and there's probably you know there's food for thought there for the manager, and he has made a few benches and stuff, and, and he's come on. But now you start to think, well, is he a viable option here at some point? You know, if you want to give some lads a rest, could you suddenly see him in a in a Premier League game in in the midfield three? Possibly so. I would I'll, honestly, and I said this after the last time he played, I wouldn't have any issues if we saw the team sheet against Tottenham, and for one reason or another, Curtis Jones is starting centre mid with the other ten the other 10 lads who we know and love. I genuinely wouldn't have any problem whatsoever. I wouldn't be going, oh no, we're going to be in for a long afternoon now off the back of this. I'd be saying, that's Curtis Jones, I hope Henderson gets in the ball early enough, otherwise he's going to let him know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a few of them, you and I were talking about this before the show, there's a few, well, um, who you could put in our best 11, take one out and put them in and say, well, they're, they're just in now for the season and we wouldn't suffer. And I think he's, he, if you put the, the other 10 best lads around him, Curtis Jones would not look out of place soon enough. I think I actually think, and this is, you know, I said this before, I think some people might go, this is insane. But Harvey Elliott, I think. I actually think he wouldn't say he'd be the, the best player in our, in our current team at 16, but he'd absolutely cope with it. Arguably Nico, but I, I don't know. But certainly the two, certainly Curtis and Harvey. There's on this, Dave, I think what's really interesting when I say about Curtis wanting the ball all the time, Elliott wants the ball as well. But other than the fact that he does bang one in the top corner, there's actually not there's not a lot of ridiculous showiness I think one of the things that I'm most impressed with that Liverpool performance yesterday there's a lot of footballers and Curtis Jones literally says afterwards he's frustrated not getting time on the pitch there's a lot of footballers who could demonstrate that by trying to give it the big I am a lot of young players who you would under normal circumstances if they did give it the big I am given the talent that they've got we'd all sit here and we'd say well it's understandable Harvey Elliott thinks he can score from wherever because he's that good but they don't and they play Elliott and Jones they play 
as part of this whole unit. And I think that's what's so impressive, given the talent that they've got. They're absolutely integrated into what they, what we want to be doing. They're so tidy. Yeah, it, it almost went the other way for me at, at sometimes. Um, I, I didn't think Jones was as influential, particularly in the first half, as he, he's capable of being. Mm. You know, after this, I've seen him play a lot. I know it's a different different environment, but he can be a lot more dominant than that. He's capable of doing it without a doubt. And Elliot, there was a moment in um, in the second half where he gets the ball sort of on the opposite side to where Jones scores his goal from, stands his man up, beats him, and then comes back inside. And you're thinking, I think you're only 16, but have a go. You've you've got the quality to do that. But you know, the obviously it's quite nice to see that they've got that element of humility and they know they're just part of the system and they're not, they aren't the main man in this team. And, and, you know, you know, you want to see that the, the, the buy-in is there to the fact that, you know, they, they don't think that the big ego in the team. And, and so, yeah, I thought just both really impressive. Um, so much more to come from Jones, particularly, you know, if Cater's going to keep picking up injuries, then Curtis Jones is, is knocking on the door to take his place in the squad for me um, mm. in terms, you know, very similar sort of type of players can dribble, progress the ball well, good passing in between the lines. Um, Chamberlain's the other one who's sort of in that mix, isn't he? Yeah. And can't be relied upon because of his body. Exactly. So, you know, there's a, there's a real chance Jones gets his, his opportunity soon and he, he obviously thinks he's ready for it. Very much I, thinks did, I did an interview when he was 16 and he was exactly like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's <laughs> not a new thing. Yeah, why aren't they picking me now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he set his stall... He, I mean, he gets a sniff of the first team last season, doesn't he? Does he get a cup game? Or? He gets the Wolves game last year. And it's, yeah. and it's a horrible game of football for him because Wolves are Wolves and their heads off. Uh, and it's, it's, and it's a, in the academy, it's a sort of a strange season for him because he feels he's on the cusp, but then he sort of, after the Wolves thing, he sort of has to go back to within it. But he starts this preseason and this season incredibly well at academy level. He did that old Gerard adage that once you've had a sniff of the first team, go back and make sure you're the best player on the pitch. And he has done that in, in, with interest in the academy academy this season hasn't he you've seen uh, Dave he's, he's been incredible at yeah. that level yeah and it, do you know what was it, Jürgen Klopp sort of seemed reluctant to praise Jones previously I think possibly because of this confidence this inherent confidence mm-hmm. that he has and he's worried that that may maybe and I'm just speculating here by the way uh, that, that maybe a mm-hmm. concern yeah, that he might get out of control or, or whatever but yesterday after the match you know for him to say unless there's a problem he's going to go on and play a lot of games for Liverpool. I thought that was quite telling. He's got Rooney-type mentality, I think. You know, Rooney at a young age, 16, 17, a bit younger than what Jones is now, but he had that mentality where he absolutely backed himself and felt he should be playing first-team football from a very young age as well, to the point where he'd go in and speak to David Moyes and demand to be playing. Why am I not playing? I'm the best player here. You can see that's kind of flowing through Jones in a way as well. And that that, that doesn't, you know, as long as it's kept under control and Klopp manages that, the way it sounds like he's doing, Dave, it's no bad thing for a young player to back himself like that. All the very best lads back themselves. He looks like one hell of a prospect. Uh, last little thing on Elliot, Rob, said before, the idea if you, you wouldn't, again, if he was one, and I don't think we're arguing here that three of them should be getting dropped in at once, but if he did happen mm. to just get dropped into a Premier League game, certainly at home between now and the end of the season, you wouldn't go... What's going on here? You'd say, let's have a little look at this. The other thing I love is he absolutely loves the cop. Yeah. You can't get him off that pitch at the end of the match. They've got the, I thought at one point they were going to have to send someone down to pick him up and say, come on, lad, it's finished now. He absolutely loves playing football in front of massive crowds. To me, he just looks he just looks for all the world a proper footballer. Yeah, for all, for all the fact that all the eulogies and plaudits around Curtis this morning, for me, the, the one who excites me beyond all is, is Harvey Elliott. And I know it's the, the age sort of is, is the reason because I've never, you know, since Rooney, I've not seen a footballer that good at that age at this at this level. And I think he he's the one I, I start thinking about Rooney thinking because he, 
I, I think in a parallel universe, that game gets played as Harvey Elliott, who bangs that one in the top corner. He, he's just an incredible footballer. What I love about him is that he, I don't think I've seen him lose the ball in, in all his little cameos yet. I don't, I'm probably exaggerating, I probably has, but I've, I can't, I haven't noticed it. And he's, he's okay, I don't think he's, he's probably got an assist to his name, but he probably he puts in three or four assists before the assists in every game. There's always a cute reverse pass. There's always a little floated ball over the top. Yeah, as they say, yesterday isn't the best example, actually, of, of the good, of the potential and potential greatness of Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones because they, they, they both play within themselves. Uh, and they've obviously been told, to, I probably take the pressure off them, just keep it simple, just keep mm. it simple, your cogs in the machine, just keep it ticking over. Um, and I think it, watching them play within themselves was fascinating because they were still hugely effective. It's that maturity thing, though, again, Rob, is it? Because for a young player, it would be so easy to get carried along with the occasion. So he, he beats two or three men, and I've seen him do this in other games, but then in the next phase of play, he does lay it off easy, whereas mm. most kids would think, I'm going to go again here, I've got him yeah. on social, but he doesn't, he plays the sensible option, he mixes it up, so the fullback's got no idea what he's going to do, and he has got that little, he has got that devil silver passing him, where he just dinks mm. it over a fullback's head, and lands it in front of a forward, it's an unbelievable bit of skill he's got, because he, he tries that, and it's amazing how many times he gets it absolutely on points, again, you know, he keeps saying the same things, but another one who just looks but, like an unbelievable prospect for Liverpool. The other thing I like about him, Dave, is and maybe it's it maybe he's a, he's a, it's it's a bit more sort of ostentatious because of his running style or whatever. But he doesn't have work. He works and works and works. He's constantly getting. But if he gets out, if he gets out of position, he's getting himself back in position. If he gets himself, you know, he's he's happy. He's trying to cut passing lanes all the time. He sort of knows where he needs to be for that. The graft out of him's unreal, given the talent at the, and the age. It's so exciting that Liverpool and, and specifically Jurgen Klopp have got their hands on him so early in his development because that you know he knows the standard now. You, you can't come in and replace, you know, the players that you are replacing in this team unless you were going to, you know, be their equal in terms of work rate. You know, look at look at Sadio Mane in the first team, for example. He's a world world class footballer, one of the best players in his position. And alongside that, he grafts like like he plays for Burnley. And you think if that's the standard that Jurgen Klopp's setting for a 16 year old coming into this team, he's just going to be unbelievable. And, and we, yeah, we can see already. He's got an immaculate first touch, brilliant way to pass, all that football understanding and, and the vision, always has his head up. But then, you know, if they're instilling this work rate into him as well, he's got real potential to be a world-class footballer. Um, all in, Liverpool are on the hat for the fourth round of the FA Cup. Whatever happens with this cup journey, Rob, I think this will go down as one of the one of the moments of the season. To be honest with you, it was it was fun in a different way. Liverpool have got a very big job to do. The first time they'll have done it since nineteen ninety. We all know what that is. That yesterday, it felt like a day off, mm. and then simultaneously, it felt like the best day off imaginable. It was it, it was genuinely, and I think it's important for people because I know a lot of people listen to this. We can't all be in the ground. There's only so many of us who can be there. It was a genuine pleasure to be in Anfield yesterday in a way that is actually relatively rare. Yeah, I, th I think in the week coming into the game, there was there was some thinking that it was a bit of a free hit. Uh, there was you know people talking about whether you play a strong team, and, and, and the forty eight hours before we began, it became aware that Klopp was probably going to play the sort of team he ended up playing. But you can't change the fact that once you emerge into that stadium and you see seven eight thousand Blues who are 
quite rightly from their perspective, treating it as life or death <laughs> because it's an opportunity to end an Anfield hoodoo, even if it's even only as a technicality. It's an opportunity to progress in the FA Cup. It's the start of a new dawn. And their their ranking of its importance made our crowd rise to the occasion. It was a, it was a, you know, a huge, fantastic rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone in the beginning of the show. They did their best to howl down, but actually couldn't. So actually, usually they do get to make an impact on it. They couldn't. And you could see them because them physically flailing, trying to, trying to get above our, 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 our noise and our cauldron even to the extent that our oh, 10 minutes in when nothing was happening somebody had a throw and they started singing about our, us, uh, our singing being a myth or whatever their song is it's not quite yeah. a library but whatever um, but yeah so but it but it sort of so it's because I yeah, get your point here is it sort of stood on its own as a little piece of work that yeah it's, it's almost like a like the, the fourth round draw will be the fourth round draw this is almost like a standalone one off occasion in the way where you very rarely get in football seasons well it's sort of I know this is going to sound the most ludicrous comparison but it reminded me of the Barcelona game in, in a sense that everyone went in there with very little expectation and came out not realizing just how much expectation they had because people were down, bouncing in the street afterwards like something wonderful had happened with Barcelona we, we'd realize we'd reached the European Cup final. That only sort of dawns on you about five minutes after the end of that game. If you're honest, you're very caught up in coming back against mighty Barcelona and beating them. Um, I sort of, I was about, about 20 minutes after that last night, was going, you were in the FA Cup fourth round. <laughs> you remembered, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's quite a decent thing. That's a thing. Um, in the next round, it'll be interesting what kind of team he wants to put out. I mean, we, we're, we're recording this before the draw. We know we're going to get Man United away. Or, I, I think or we're going to finally get this team from Mars that they're going to send to beat us. Well, City get late in Orient. They'll get Port Vale again. <laughs> On a technicality, no one will know how. Well, the interesting dilemma for Klopp will be, and, and I hope he has this dilemma, is that, is that the squad will be healthy. I mean, as we, we've got a lot of bodies out. By then, a lot of bodies could be back and needing games. But there's a few of those kids who will go, you cannot to not pick me boss you know it's Curtis Jones Curtis Jones, Jones, Jones so. we'll be the first yeah Curtis Jones already done the email um, it's, in case you were thinking otherwise Jürgen well, I'm going to call you Jürgen David uh, it, it, it is just simply it is a th- I mean rivalries are part of what makes football and I think that this is really important I don't like the sort of the the attempt to rise above Everton is really unnecessary I don't want to rise above Everton it is that idea that rivalries local rivalries inner city rivalries city to city rivalries rivalries are part of what makes football and to have almost had the one off occasion of that yesterday in a season where Liverpool are going for fourth the idea of progression in the FA Cup because the league's out of sight becomes really really important in and of itself because of everything else we've got on our plate this season that really Really was in quite a pure sense about stripping Everton of their opportunity to do anything this season and doing so much more with it. Yeah, I, I sort of. I, I, it sounds stupid now, but I, when I went into the ground, I sort of didn't think the atmosphere was going to be as electric as it was. Mm. I don't because I just in my own head had thought the importance of this game to Liverpool is is not right up there as it would usually be. Even though it's a derby, you knew what sort of team he was going to select, and you knew that it was probably Everton's best chance to win at Anfield since '99. But you were still telling yourself, well, even if he did, I suppose the caveats there of the team that the, the Liverpool did select, and then. I think it was. I think it was the sight of the away end for most people mm. seemed to have just and just Everton shirts on the pitch. Yeah, a reminder. This is Everton, this is you know. It, yeah, and then it so it suddenly mattered again. And then you know, as soon as it kicked off, and it, it kicked off at a hundred miles an hour, and you know, the crowd was 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 right up there. And, and then yeah, it, it, it's only sort of afterwards as well. I think I think mostly what people were invested in as well was was getting behind a lot of these fringe players and young lads, yeah. thinking they've been given a tough a tough ask today. 
in sort of thinking, you know, no, let's let's get behind them, get behind them, and then, like you say, you realise at the end of it, oh, there is a prize for this. You you do get through to the mm. fourth round, and you know, Liverpool will just be open now that they they can get a straightforward draw for once. Um, Ian, it's finally. Uh, it is. It's a hammer blow for them. I mean, it's, let's be absolutely crystal clear. And you know, I made up that we get to deliver a hammer blow. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be shy about that. As I say, that's literally part of the enterprise is that we get to do that. Singing two of the songs back to them, uh, as the, uh, when when Liverpool are at one nil up, singing two of their songs back to them in that way. You know, I mean, we're not far away from just singing if you know your history. Uh, <laughs> what first did ten. Back, what uh, did we sing back to them. Uh, we sang back the one about Tottenham winning the Spurs cup. One. Uh, oh and yeah. Also yeah. Uh, going down. Are we fuck? Yeah. We're going, and, we, and that got sung back to them as well. Yeah, and it is that sort. Of, it, it is exhausting for them. You know, we've all got Evertonian friends, and it's fair to say that I think this could be. We're losing them fast. We are season. losing them fast. We're, we're not just this season, but we are losing Evertonian friends fast, and that is a real shame. It is actually a real shame, but they are just so exhausted, and they were streaming for the exits as soon as it went one nil. Yeah, I mean, I, I said before the game yesterday on on Twitter, you know, if, if you can't beat this Liverpool team, it's just fucking pack it in because honestly, and I mean, it's tongue in cheek, but but where do you go from here? I mean, where do you go? And in terms of taking the game seriously, I did see some people say, well, you know, it doesn't matter what team Klopp puts out, you know, it, it, the game means nothing. He can never say that when you play Everton. It's still Liverpool v Everton. It's still red versus blue. And the minute you see them on the pitch, as you said, the, 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 the two colours, it, it, it absolutely means everything. You know, not nothing else. I'm not even thinking about anything else other than winning that football match. So, yes, the league, that's, that's never f- too far from your thoughts. But when that kicked off yesterday... Not once to think about the league. It was all about winning that football match and knocking them out. And the fact that they had they had eight thousand fans there or seven thousand fans there, it made it even bigger. It made it even more special. And I thought, you know, Liverpool rise to the occasion and stuff. And it it wasn't easy for the manager going into this because he was kind of damned if he did, damned if he didn't. You know, he gets the Milner injury. If he played one or two of the big hitters, which I probably thought and hoped that he might play one or two more just to to get us through. Not really that asked about the fourth round, if I'm honest. Yes, it'd be nice to go on a cup run, but it was absolutely about getting through that third round and, and stopping Everton from, from getting that, that monkey off the back so they could suddenly say, well, we've won an Anfield now. Yes, there might be a little asterisk next to it, but they wouldn't have cared. That would have been that would have been over. That thing would have been over. Now it continues. And yeah, I mean, it, for me, it was it was a game that, that I wanted to win desperately and was delighted that we did win it. Absolutely delighted that we won it. Uh, everybody is absolutely bouncing today. It's hard to put into words uh, the sheer uh, happiness around the enterprise. The pride in those footballers is also something that is significant. There's so much pride in those players, in the manager, in the setup. Uh, it's been the Anfield Wrap this week in association with the Athletic. Do sign up if you can. Thank you very much to Dave, to Rob, and to Ian. And a last little note: we know there's been some technical difficulties recently. We're working really, really hard to fix them. Literally, as I speak to you, recording this, John's at a meeting trying to sort some stuff out. Uh, we're trying to get on top of it as much as we can. But thank you very much for your patience. It's always, always appreciated the patience and the support in hopefully what we do and hopefully maybe some level of pride too. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.